You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Berto here? And Berto, we're back with another episode. What do you got for a topic for us today? Um, so let's, first of all, let me just get into this, uh, I'll give you a brief monologue of what's been on my mind, right? So the good thing is that our show is is really starting to make an impact. It's really starting to get to ears. People are listening. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. Wherever you stand, we appreciate it, right? Because that means you're listening to some extent. <clears throat> but I kind of got my eyes open to something that I wanted to address. It was, it was a conversation I ended up getting into where basically... It, <laughs> The person felt like I was I was uh, only telling one side of the story when it comes to this these gang wars and and the perception of what the Latin Kings were and what 19th Street was. And I could understand. Right. I can understand. First of all, if you were in a rival gang, you obviously aren't going to feel like you ever submitted to Latin Kings. And I don't mean to come on here and to try to glorify the Latin Kings and put them on a pedestal. I'm only talking about that short period of my life. And um, I'm talking about the mindset we had at that time in our life. And so it's not to, it's not meant to minimize anybody else and what they were doing, whether they were not in the street. Um, So I think it's important that I kind of bring that up and just let people know, listen, man, obviously I see through black and gold glasses, right? Because that was the, that was the gang I was in. That was what I knew. Um, but make no mistake about it, man. I'm not, I'm not up here, um, on this platform trying to, uh, lobby for support from them or from any particular group. You got to understand I'm actually not in great standing with the Latin Kings. So when guys, you know, they hear the stories, they probably think, oh, this is just some King trying to glorify that lifestyle will glorify them. I'm not, uh, my whole point of doing this is to bring awareness and attention, use my story to kind of send a message to people on what to avoid and how to get away from this lifestyle if they can. <clears throat> and so that's that's really the positivity I want to bring. It's not to glorify one uh, one part of the lifestyle or another. And so um, I do apologize if if it comes off as as uh, you know an attack on what you are, or what you used to be. The whole point of this is to you know build a bridge and for us to meet in the middle and and to. And to make a, a impact, a positive impact, you know, it's it's always about building bridges, you know, obviously, so we can we can meet in the middle and 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 cross those bridges in unison and not opposition, you know. That's my point. That's that's what I'm trying to do here. And so, um, to the people that listen, I appreciate you. To the people that listen that weren't in the same gang as me, I appreciate you. And like I said, I've always invited people to come onto the platform who have a different perspective. And who have another story that relates to this lifestyle. But with that said, it's not meant to be anything other than a positive message going forward. So if if we have people out there that want to bring a message from a Cobra or MP or a LF or a 2-1 or whatever it is, you want to bring a message that relates to your gang and what you were in and what you used to be a part of. And you want to bring a positive message and kind of show that you can get away from that and and bring some insight into what you were involved in. You're always welcome on this platform. That's what the that's what the whole purpose of this is. Um so if 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 people are I guess agitated or they hear a story and it feels like it's it's one-sided and it's not against you, trust me. It is. It is one-sided and that's because I can't give you a perception of another gang. I was never in another gang. Um so that's just, I just wanted to kind of get that out there, man, and just share with the, the audience. Like, listen, man, my stories are naturally going to lean one way, um, but uh, it's meant for good. And so, you know, if people can understand that and realize that, <clears throat> I think we we can all come together and we can we can learn together. It doesn't matter whether you were in a different gang. It's it's not, it's not just my stories on our attack on anybody. Um, they're, they're more so of an en- enlightenment. And so I hope that's the way people see it. So with that, that was kind of my monologue. I was thinking about that, you know, all week and just thinking about uh, after I had that conversation, maybe how, you know, my stories do come off as a little bit edgy towards rivals, but it's not meant to be that way. 
like I said, I, I talk all the time about guys that I was around that were in my gang that weren't worthy. Right. And obviously at this point I, I'm not worthy. So, um, trust me, it's, it's not a, it's not a situation where I'm trying to put anybody on a pedestal or any gang on a pedestal. It's not that right. This is Eric knows, you know, this is, this is, a this is a goal we have to try to spread the message and use these stories as a, as a bridge to, to mend fences, not to break them. So that's where I'm at with that, man. Uh, the subject I got for today is just basically about how you can't live normally as a gang member, you know, especially if you're an active gang member, if you're in the street, you can't live a normal life, man. You can't, uh, you can't do normal things with the people that you love. And and what I mean by that is it's easy to overlook what you really are and what you're involved in. And, you know, day to day, if you're shooting at people and involved in gang stuff, and then one day out of these days, you decide, hey, I'm going to go with my mom to the grocery store. Well, the gang life doesn't turn off while you go to the right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no magic button you can push and say, okay, well, now I'm with my my niece or I'm with my, you know, whomever, and and the gang life shuts off now. You know, they're not going to mess with me. That's not how it goes. Are there times where people might be um, considerate to your situation? Sure. I've been considerate to situations myself where I've seen a guy and and they were with, you know, their kids or they were with you know, somebody that, that was innocent to this life. And I gave him a pass. I've given passes before it happens, but for the most part, you know, nobody is held to that rule. Nobody mm-hmm. is held to the, this, this street standard that you can't go after your rival when they're with their family. And so it's important to, to just point this out, man, like you cannot live a normal life as a gang member. And even within the gang, you you don't even have to be with your family. You could be within the gang. And what I mean with that is I'm going to give you an example, right? So I remember one time I was on 23rd, right? It was me, Black Cat, Joey, uh, my brother Tim, Benny, uh, Tim's girlfriend, Jess was there, and Snuff, right? And so we're just sitting on the back porch like, you know what, let's go play some ball. And 23rd, where, where Joey lived at, it was it was right across the street, basically, from the playground, Mitchell Playground. We'd go play basketball. And so, you know, what's funny is this story kind of ties in to an older story I talked about. Um, and, I, and I'll bring that I'll bring that up. But anyway, so the decision was to go play basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we had a gun. Black Cat had it. Black Cat had a nine. And I remember it was a nine with like a flame reducer on it. Um, I think I mentioned before I was so, I thought it was a a silencer, but it was a flame reducer, which I don't even understand why that's necessary. But anyways, (laughs) um, so black cat was going to come last. He was, he was lagging behind. And the the way we did it, I explained this before we always separated, um, when we were in a group of more than like two guys, two people, three people, we separated the groups, meaning that we didn't all walk together in one group. You know, that it, first of all, it draws a lot of attention. You see people walking together, a group of people, you automatically look. Um, So it draws a lot of attention, not just for rivals and things of that nature, but also for the cops. And so we would separate and we would make it harder for people to distinguish really who's with who. Uh, Strategically, it it actually, it benefits you. And so me and Joey, we're going to go out through the front of the house and walk around the block and meet them at the playground and then snuff and Tim and Benny and Jessica, were going to go through the back through the alley. And we were going to kind of be perpendicular to each other and meet at the playground. Right. So, um, and then black cat was just going to come last because he had the gun. And, and so I remember me and Joey, we, we come out, we're on, we're on 23rd and we take a right on maple and we're going down towards 22nd because the school is in between uh, 22nd and 23rd, the playground part is. And so we're walking down, man. And to our left, a car is sl- driving slowly past us. Right. And the car, I recognized it immediately. And it was the same exact car that I seen when I was with Mondi and Tim and Mondi's girl, Cindy. And we were at the liquor store. I don't know if you remember that story. 
and yeah. we came out, we, we seen them guys in the liquor store and then we came out, they had the guns that were ready to shoot us, right? So they were MPs. So this is the same exact car. I know it's a Thunderbird as a matter of fact. And so I see the car and I tell Joey, I'm like, yo, I'm like, them are them flakes right there. And he's like, you sure? I'm like, I'm sure, bro. And they're going slow, right? So they slowly go down and they get to the stop sign in 20 seconds and they just stop, right? So when they stop, we stop walking, you know? Like we're probably like within... 40 to 50 feet of them. Right. Mm. And so they stop, we stop. And as soon as we stop, we're like, we're like the house that Joey lived in was like two houses from the corner. So by us being on the street right there, we could technically call over to anybody that was at the house and they would hear us. And so Joey starts calling black cat. He's like, cat, cat, you know? And, um, we're basically telling him like, yo, bring the gun. And so I don't know if he heard us. I don't think he heard us. So we're standing there and a guy gets out. He's got a white hoodie on. And um, right away he starts throwing down the crown and uh, throwing up MP. So me and Joey, you know, we put our hands up like, what's up? We throw up the crown. We thinking these guys, you know, maybe he wants to fight. But I already know in my head, like, it's only one guy that hopped out. Like, they're getting out to to, to blast us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's crazy how it was, right? So they were they were at the stop sign at the end of the street. And in between them and us is actually the alleyway where Snuff and Tim and and Benny and Jessica were walking to go towards the playground. And he don't, they don't see them. You know, they don't see them walking that way. They oh, the guy is only focused on me and Joey. Mm-hmm. But that is in between him and us. So once me and Joey threw up the crown. He immediately opened, you know, he pulls a gun out of his hoodie and he points it as he starts shooting. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So Joey ducks down. I duck down. I'm like, come on, we got to roll. Joey's like, I'm just going to stay right here. He's behind a car. I'm like, come on. And so I get up, you know, we're like going, it's crazy because we're running uphill. So, so Maple right there is like uphill going towards 23rd. And so he's shooting at us. He's got a revolver though, because it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like rapid fire. It wasn't like pop, 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 pop. You know, so it was more, it was more, it was more a different kind of cadence, like bah, bah. So mm. when I when I heard it, I knew that all right, it's not like a rapid fire gun. Like I can, I can move. Now don't get me wrong, those guns are more accurate, but I felt like I had a little bit more wiggle room to run. So I took off and I and I get to the top, because we weren't that far from the edge of the street, you know, the corner of the street. And I get to the corner of the street and I turn right away. So now I'm behind the house. So his bullets are just going, you know, the other way. I can hear him. I can hear him flying, but they're going. So I'm running to go try to get Black Cat, right? And I go. By the time I get to Black Cat, you know, Joey's behind me. They're gone, right? They take off. But the crazy part is that Tim and and Snuff and Jessica and Benny, they almost walked right into it. Like they walked right into this guy shooting because they were in the middle of those guys and me and Joey, you know, and they didn't know, like, they're just bullshit and talking, walking to the playground. And then before you know it, they don't even hear nothing because you got to remember our exchange was nothing but gang signs. So it's not like he was yelling at us. It was just gang signs. And then he starts shooting. So, you know, they're oblivious. They're just walking. And so, bam, they got lucky, man. They, nothing happened, but you know, we all got away. But the, the point is that, you know, we were just trying to do some, something normal. We're just trying to go play basketball, man. You know, that's all we were trying to do. Go shoot the ball around. But the thing is, is this lifestyle doesn't turn off, man. It doesn't, it it doesn't give you breaks, you know? And I think that that analogy that you use right there is that there isn't a switch to turn it off. So, hey, I don't want to be gangbanging right now. Let's just flip this switch and then I can be a normal person for a week and then go back to it afterwards. But you just can't do that. And you're constantly looking around you and worrying about something happening because it can happen literally at any time. Right. And it's, and it's like, it's like vines, man. Like, like just, just envision like how vines they're, they're small and then they just start spreading and they wrap around and encompass whatever they had, whatever they're, you know, whatever structure they're on, like vines, they, they ultimately wrap around. And that's what the gang is like. It's like, you can try to do normal things, but the lifestyle is just wrapping itself around you and you're encompassed in this kind of mindset no matter where you go. You know, uh, you know, one time, this is early on, early on in my career as a Latin King. Um, you know, I might had I might have had just got made not too long 
um, before this happened, maybe a couple months. And I remember my kid's mom, right? Her sister has a son and his name is Elijah. And I remember it was his birthday. His birthday party was at the pavilion in Mitchell Park, right? And mm-hmm. so for anybody from the South side, they know exactly where I'm talking about, right? For other listeners across the country, I'm sorry, you'll never be able to vision this, but <laughs> it's basically a pavilion inside of a park, which is probably commonplace anywhere in the country. So you can envision this, right? It's a pavilion that's set up. It's kind of like a hall. And so um, they rented that so we so they could throw a party for him, right? So we end up all showing up, you know, because obviously her family is Latin Kings, and, you know, so we're always around them, right? So we come and we're, man, there's a lot of us, right? We're deep. Me, you know, Jay, Tim, Toot, Black Hat, Joey, Mondi, uh, Big Birdo, Slick Rick. You know, this is when everybody was still around. Nobody was exed yet. You know, everybody is still around. And and there's a lot of us. This is 19th Street in 2001 was like a lot of older members. Everybody was out, right? And so it was a good time to be 19th Street. I remember we all came in, we're all outside, we're wrestling with each other. You know, we're just having fun, just doing dumb goofball stuff that any teenagers would do, you know, together as a group. It wasn't even gang activity, you know, and uh, we end up having a party. We're, we're having so much fun. We're drinking. And you got to remember, I'm probably like just turned 14 around this time. This is early on. Mm-hmm. And and I remember everybody's like, all right, after set, right? So that's the biggest thing, right? Anybody who knows the life, they know what goes on your party and then you have an after set right the after set lasts until people are knocked out that's just how it goes right (laughs) i mean knocked out drunk or whatever you know what i'm saying like that's that's what happens and so the after set idea you gotta remember there was older kings out their idea is let's go to this bar right and i'm 14 there's a lot of guys that are 15 14 you know 16 it's not a high likelihood that i'm just gonna be able to walk into a bar at 14 no you would think right you would think but with that said, this is the South Side of Milwaukee, right? And this is in 2001. Things were a little bit loose. At that point in time, it's not like there was this crazy stringent rules. And, and yeah, they carded people in these, in these corner bars. But I mean, usually if you were with a crowd of people, right? Like you were able to sneak in because mm-hmm. it was like you were bringing them a gang of business, if that makes sense, right? You know, right. if you're a bar owner or you're a bartender and 20 people come in, like that's a lot of sales, right? It's a lot of tips. So that's what ended up what happened, right? We end up all going over there and and there were so many of us, man. And, you know, some older, some younger, and we end up getting into the bar, you know, and it, the bar was called Dos Reinas. I never forget. It was on like 13th and, and in between Montana and Dakota, I believe somewhere around there in a decent neighborhood. But 13th is a very busy street. You know, that's like the busy, one of the busier streets in, in the South side. Now, I mentioned that for for a purpose because you know it's it's going to be relevant in a second, right? So we're in this bar now, right? And we're all drinking. We're already drunk. A lot of us are already drunk, right? Because we had been drinking at Elijah's party. Oh yeah, small. I wasn't um, in a costume, but here's a small detail. It was actually a costume party because Elijah's birthday was, is on Halloween, right? That's how I always remember his birthday was on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And so some people were in costumes, some, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it, it was just a, it was just a crazy like event party. And, um, but we're being normal to some extent, right? Like this is, this is a normal thing for us at this point, as far as we're not shooting nobody, we're not in no bullshit, but it's how fast it can change. Right. So we're in this party. The crazy thing is, is Joey, he, he looks older than me hundred percent, even at this time. He ends up getting carded, right? So out of everybody in the bar, right? I'm baby face as it comes. I mean, I've shown you pictures of myself when I was that age. There's no way I should have ever made it in the bar, right? <laughs> yeah. But out of everybody, Joey gets carded, right? So Joey's he's getting kicked out. They're like, all right, you got to go. You don't have a you don't have an ID. So naturally, I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna leave with him, right? Like, so there's a bunch of us that are gonna leave with him now, right? So it's like me, Joey, man. There was so many of us, man. Me, Joey, uh, uh Mike. Man, there was a bunch of them. But anyways, so we're walking out, right? And now when you walk into this place, this establishment, there's like a little mini vestibule, I guess, like a hall. You have to okay. wait in, okay. you know? And so when we get to that hall, there's a line, probably about nine guys that look, obviously they're in a gang, right? But they look like MPs. They're dressed like MPs, right? And and by this, I'm sure anybody knows the South Side, you know what that entails, right? Like they have like Ben Davis on, um, you know, like hair nets. Um, some of them have like black and gray striped shirts. 
uh, uh, 13 jerseys, right? So this, these are all the things that make you look like an MP, right? Because that's what they, that's like their colors, like what they represent. And so I, they look like MPs. So what's the first thing I, I was like leading the charge, right? I'm walking, I'm walking out with everybody. Joey's right behind me. I start banging on these guys, right? I start disrespecting MP in their face, right? I'm like, what you want to do? Like, you know, and the, the main dude, he's like looking at me. Now yeah, remember I'm like 14. I look like a little ass kid. I can, <laughs> I can think about it now. This dude's a grown man. Like he's a bald headed dude, grown man, mustache. Like he looks like a typical stereotypical, like gang member, SA Vat, Vato Loco kind of dude, right? So mm. he looks at me and he's like, he's like kind of like smiling, like nodding at me. And so that kind of, that agitated me, right? So, so I walked up to him and I'm like, what you want to do? You know, this dude's probably like 6'1". You know, I'm, I'm maybe like 5'6 at this time, right? I'm at a, on a, I'm probably like 126 pounds. I don't know. So I'm like, what do you want to do, right? I'm like, come on, let's go outside. Let's go outside. Now, these guys in this group, right? There's eight or nine of them. They see about four or five of us and we're all young because we're all getting kicked out the bar. Mm-hmm. And so I can imagine in their head, they're probably like, we're going to destroy these little kids. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? They don't know. We got 30 gang members in this bar that are with us. You know, they don't know that they're all in the back. Some are playing pool. They're everywhere. Right. So all it's going to take is one word and these guys are destroyed. And so they walk outside with us. Right. And it just so happened that our Inca was outside. He must've been on the phone, Jay or something. Uh, Jay was out there. Right. And so as soon as we walk out, we're like, what do you want to do? Like, and they're like, we're not MPs. We're EBKs. Right. And EBK is the, the, it's everybody killer, which is not like a predominant gang. It's not really known in Milwaukee. Like there's maybe like 12 of them total. Right. Mm-hmm. This must've been their whole crew right here. Cause there was like eight or nine of them. <laughs> And so they're not like known, right? But they're like, we're everybody killer, right? So basically their concept is we're not with any gang, right? So what does that tell me? That tells me if you're everybody killer, that means the kings fall in there, right? So so that's, in my mind, that's what I thought. So we start, we like, we, we everybody killer, killer, fuck you, right? So that's that's our <laughs> mind. That's our mindset, right? And so we're like, we're like going back and forth. It's getting heated. And then Mike punches one of them. Boom, right? So once Mike punches one of them, Jay steps in between. He's like, no, stop, chill out, right? Now, Jay's our anchor, right? So he's like checking Mike. And Mike's not even a king at this time. I remember Mike's like a future. And so he's like, stop, like, chill out, man. And then the dude is like mad, right? Because he just got punched. And um, all his other guys are like kind of riled up. Bellone was there. I remember Bellone was there. And so anyways, Jay's trying to calm him down. And he's like, listen, man, if you don't calm down, we're going to fuck you guys up. Like, it's that simple. And then, and the whole time, like Mike's trying to get to him. So he's turning around. He's like, chill out. She's telling Mike, like, chill out. And then, and then there's another dude that's next to the guy um, Jay was talking to that's kind of like amped himself. And he's trying to get at us, right? And me and Joey are right there, like, what's up? What do you want to do? Right. And Pelon was over there too, like, what's up? What you want to do? And so Jay's trying to de escalate the situation the whole time, but it's not really working because it's like whack a mole. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's trying to go this way and calm this situation down. But then when he's got his back turned, everybody over here is, is getting <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he can't really do that. So he's trying to do that. Right. And as soon as he turns away from the guy that he was just talking to, to talk to the one of me in front, uh, the one in front of me and Joey and, and, and all of us, Mike punches the guy again. <laughs> he punches the guy again. And so Jay grabs him up. Right. And and grabs Mike up and is like, chill out or, or you're going to be put in a circle for this shit. Right. Like basically like. You're starting to fight. Like, I'm trying to de-escalate this shit. Leave it alone. And then when Jay turned around to do that to Mike, the guy that was in front of me and Joey, he swings at Joey. And I just take off on him. Boom. We start beating his ass. Boom, 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 boom. And it was over with from there. Everybody starts fighting, right? Guys are flooding out the bar. And and listen, like I said earlier, we're on 13th Street at a probably about 2 in the morning, right? And it's it's like a wild, wild west fight, man. There's guys, it were literally in the street brawling. Oh, yeah, Goat and Bear were there. I remember Goat like ran out of the bar and like tackled somebody. It was the funniest thing, man. Like it was like, it was like, it was chaos. You know, it was anarchy. Everybody's fighting. I remember I ran over to, to Pallone was fighting a dude. I ran over there and we're both whooping him. And then uh, I remember Black Cat, Black Cat got one guy, right? I don't know how he did it, but there was like one guy and we're across the street now. Like that's how, that's how, how the fight was progressing. Like we're moving away from the bar. Like everybody's fighting. You know what I mean? We're whooping these dudes though, because there's too many of us. And um, like these dudes are on the floor. They're getting stomped out, man. I'm talking about there's blood. And the one guy that black cat had, he, 
<laughs> he must have like was running somewhere and Black Cat tripped him. So here's the funny part. Black Cat literally had a drink in his hand the whole time during the whole fight. <laughs> and so, because he came straight out the bar. So yeah. we're whooping this dude in the corner. I never forget. It's I think it's like a Colders or something like that. It was like a, it was like an appliance, like a washer and dryer appliance place that that's what they sold. And it's right across the street from that bar. And we got this dude like cornered. There's nowhere he can go. And we're like, we're, we're pounding him, right? We're, we're kicking him. You know, he's bleeding. And then finally, Jay's like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Everybody, let's go, right? He's wrapping everybody up because he was fighting too. At this point, you know, there was nothing else he could do. He, he couldn't stop nobody from fighting. And so he ends up, we everybody gets wrapped up. And um, I don't even know how I ended up in, um, in the truck with Jay's cousin. Those guys, they had a gun, right? And, but it was in their car. So they, when they're, when they're getting beat up, they're running, right? They run, they run, they run to the car and they got a gun. Well, Jay had a gun too. And so them dudes were chasing us, meaning the group of guys, but the group of guys, the majority of them got in this, in this lady Bonnie's van. I don't even know how they all fit in there. All the brothers fit in there. And I ended up with Raymond and it's just me, him and his wife. And the guys were actually behind us and they're, they're following me and Raymond, right? Cause they couldn't find the van. And uh, we turn and Jay seen them and they end up, Jay ends up shooting at them and they take off, right? Because they were going to try to shoot at us. So that was an instance where Jay actually, he he, he put in work for us, right? And, and we were safe. But that fast, man, just a normal night. Everybody's hanging out, partying and uh, boom, just like that. We get kicked out of an establishment and, and you know, we created havoc on the way out. <laughs> so that, that's, that's how fast that goes. I'm curious with that story. So, so if we flip back to the beginning and you're at, what was it like a birthday party? Yeah, it was a birthday party at the Mitchell Park Pavilion. So is there ever an instance where you guys sit down and like, like, should we all go to this or is it just going to expose us too much? You know, is that conversation ever had, or is it just one of those things where like, no, we just go to these things and we deal with the results of it. Yeah, no, see, the 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 mindset is always to show force, right? And so showing force is easy to do when there's 25 of you, right? So um you you, you when you were going somewhere and were invited, you know, we wanna we wanna show our presence, man. You know, it's it's similar to any any other outfit or organization, right? Like as far as like, uh, okay, let's look at like biker gangs, right? Like outlaws or hell's angels or Mongols or whatever they do. They come in numbers, you know, they drive on their bikes, they do these runs and they come in numbers and they show force, they wear their patch. You know, that's, that's similar to what we represented. It was never like organized crime in the mafia where everything is like super discreet and we're whispering to each other and, and all that. No, it was, if we were out front, we were on the front line. That's what we represented. You know, when, when you seen me nine out of 10 times, my hat was going to be broke 360 or 180 to the left. You know, like that was, that was, it wasn't never about being incognito. We never had a conversation where we thought we shouldn't all go somewhere. The only thing I can give you as far as that is a situation where I told you about not bringing a gun somewhere. Right. Like we've had those conversations. Maybe we shouldn't bring a gun here, you know, and you know, that discussion happens. And, but as far as people not coming, like who, who wants to be the one not invited? Right. 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 Who's going to be the one that's going to be like, yeah, I'll stay back. So we're not as, it's not as deep, exposed like, no. or what, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not even a thought, man. Um, if anything, it's more of where's this guy at? Why isn't he here? Yeah. We're all here. <laughs> you know? So that's, that's what happens. Um, yeah. And I, and I guess I can see that because it, it, it's like, I think a great example is like you gave with the hat scenario. It's way easy, just easier to just wear your hat normal and you don't put a target on you, but your yeah. mindset is like, no, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, like this is, this is me, this is who I am. And you don't care that it puts a target on your head. Right. You just right. do it. If because- anything, if anything, the more identifiers you have as whatever said gang you are the more respect you kind of get because it's like you're putting yourself on front street like you know what i mean you're you're basically exposing yourself to say listen this is what i am 
What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes from all the propaganda we've always talked about, like the Latin King colors. I wore them a ton, you know, black and gold. Um, I wore it all the time. I had a Latin King tail, which is, um, it's a, you know, it was just a haircut where you have a, a, a tail that goes all the way across the back of your head. I had that for the majority of my career as a Latin King. I was pretty much known for having that. Like anytime somebody seen me, I had a King tail. You know, that was representative of Latin Kings. Now it's kind of mixed. There's there's different gangs that wear it. But it, when I was growing up, that was a huge indicator. If you had a tail like that, you were a Latin King on the south side of Milwaukee. And so that was an identifier. You know, obviously tattoos, you know, guys got teardrops and crowns. And um, just the more, the more, it's it's crazy to say, but the the more that you're not mysterious, the more credentials you can get. You know, people are like, damn, that's this dude. That's King such and such. Right? You know right away. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, the the more incognito you are, the less known you are. You know what I mean? The less people even pay attention to you. So it's just weird how that works, that dynamic works. You do have to kind of um, be risky and, and put yourself on front street. If you want that recognition, you have to be willing to face the backlash that comes along with it. That's a real thing, too. And then if we fast forward now. And now you guys are leaving the bar. You're you get into this confrontation with these these other gang members, and then what I found interesting about the story was that you go outside of the bar, and then Jay is out there on the phone, but he's actually trying to defuse the situation. And from everything I've heard of the stories you've told, that that shouldn't be something that should ever happen, right? What do you because, mean, like the defusing? Yeah, like him trying. To, I mean, it's kind of what you do. You you represent your gang and you throw it in, you know, start skirmishes from it. Right. Like, what was the rationale of him diffusing it? Was, I mean, right. So, so here's the thing, right? And this is this is the arrogance of the Latin Kings as a whole, and this is the the dynamic that's brought in every situation. Okay, so. Jay Jay was looking at it, if I can be objective, Jay was looking at it like, okay, first you got to remember Jay had a gun on him, right? He had the fofo. And so he was responsible for that. Why he had it as the Inca, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Uh, and it's probably lucky he did because if one of us had it, we probably would have killed one of them guys. Right. So, so that's one. So that's good leadership in the sense that he didn't allow something like that to happen. Under his watch, you know, you mm. think about the major incidents like the Cudahy incident and incidents where there's, you know, when Gucci's brother got shot, where there's a lot of people involved, somebody's bound to get hurt. Being objective, I think he did the right thing as far as he was trying to deescalate it because A, he knew that that gang, quote unquote, wasn't really a threat to us, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't trying to be a threat to us, but he also, looked at it like, you know, if I could say the B point is this could get out of hand really fast and somebody could get hurt and somebody could go to jail. So he was trying to deescalate it in the sense that, okay, these people really aren't a threat and we don't really want to do much to go to jail tonight. Right. That's where, that's probably where his mindset was at. And as far as like gang protocol, yeah, we were representing what we were. Right. But the reason why we were so adamant on pushing our issue even though these guys were saying, listen, we're not really into it with y'all. We're everybody killer, but we don't really want no smoke with y'all. That's basically what they were saying. The reason why we were so adamant and pressing it is because of our arrogance. We were basically saying, okay, well then submit to us, you know, bow down to us. And they weren't, they weren't willing to do that. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the, you know, it gets ignited. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's sad to say, man, like, but that's the mindset, right? So, you know, people have to understand, like, that's a normal thing. That's not, that's not something that you, you, you work up to, which is instinctual, right? Like you want whoever it is to bow down to what you are. And if they don't, then we're going to bring the heat to you. And so that's the way we were looking at it. Jay was looking at it from a, you know, he was a leader he didn't want us to put ourselves in a position for some people that weren't really a threat to us. Now, if they were two ones or Cobras or LFs or MPs, he probably wouldn't, we would never have had this conversation. We would have just attacked them immediately. You know what I'm saying? And maybe the gun comes into play. But the fact that they weren't actually rivals is probably why Jay was trying to de-escalate it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
so it it was very this this gang was a very different it was still a gang, yeah. but it was a very different kind of gang than what yeah, you would I typically. Don't even know if it, I don't even know if I would call it a gang, Eric. I would say it's like a crew. You know, it's it was a, just like a crew that that hung out together and went and did things together and dressed alike, but and and probably did like some tagging and shit like that. But they weren't out there carrying guns and looking for rivals. They didn't have any. They were just more of a party crew. I'm guessing. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, whereas, if it had been a group of LFs or something like that. In this scenario, the LFs would have been all over you guys just as quickly as you were all over them. So, quickly. yeah. Yes. Quickly. So, right. so it, it's a very different situation. And I was just curious about that because I was, it's, was like, was Jay kind of like trying to save the night, not ruin the night or whatever, but really that's not what he should have been doing? Or well, was there a good yeah, reason I mean, for that? I- that could have been what he was trying to do, man. You got to understand, right? As the as the Inca, he has the ultimate say. So, the guys really should listen to him. Like, I'm pretty sure Mike caught a violation for that, for for not listening to Jay, especially because he wasn't even a king at the time. He was a future. But um, his motive behind that, you know, I believe it came from a good place. Yeah, maybe it was not trying to ruin the night. But like I said. It's more about threat assessment, right? Mm-hmm. Is th- are these people really a threat to us? Is what he was thinking. They weren't showing aggression. It was us. We were all the aggressive oh, ones. True. They just weren't backing down. That's what was so irritating to us. You see what I'm saying? They weren't showing that fear that we craved for our oppositions to show, right? Like that was that's the ultimate under the thumb feeling for us, right? Like okay, bow down to us then. If you don't want this smoke, bow down to us. And if you do want to the smoke, then okay, we're going to bring it right now. And that's the situation that those guys were in. They weren't, they weren't scared. You know, mm-hmm. they were like, all right, well, we're not trying to go against you guys, but we're not going to bow down. We're not scared. And so that's where the violence comes into play. Cause we're going to show you, okay, well then the next time you see us, I guarantee you bow down to us after this, mm-hmm. you know? So that's, that's kind of the mindset you have, man, going into it. It's, it's, it's more of a, you know, and Jay, Jay was it was trying to do the right thing, but but Jay is also he's also you know people are looking to see what he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you're leading us, and so when this jumps off, people are looking to see his involvement because that's our leader, right? That's who is we elected as a leader, and so he showed force once it jumped off. He had no choice; he fought with us, right? And obviously, obviously, he ended up shooting the gun for us to save us. Um, so that just goes to show like, yeah, man, uh, you know, people can be on different wavelengths, but you can't really control these things. And, and these settings, man, are so intimate when it comes to fighting and and brawls nine times out of 10, somebody either gets really hurt or they die in these kind of situations. Um, because I guarantee if one of us would have had that gun that Jay had, somebody would have died. Yeah. yeah, somebody would have died, man. We were too close with these guys and interpersonal, and we had these guys on the floor. We're beating them. Like, there's no mercy for them. We weren't looking to be light on them. We were looking to hurt these guys, the ultimate. And so if one of us had a gun, there's a 100% chance one of them guys would have been shot or dead. You know, so Jay did his job there, man. You can't you, you can't fault him. Um, it's not against the rules. What he was trying to do, he was creating a rule, if anything. He was trying to get people out of the situation, but... It's it's so hard, man. You got alcohol involved. You got a bunch of wild kids, and and um, those situations are really really hard to control, man. You, it's you get put in a bad situation as a leader, and you have to make the best of it. Is what I think. Yeah, and and I want to clarify for all the listeners that that I completely support what Jay did trying to trying to stop it from ever escalating. It just doesn't sound like a very Based on a lot of the stories that have been told, a Latin king thing to do, like yeah, a Latin king thing to do. So, so, right. but no, I think that's a it's a good point though because I think it's a, uh, you know, it's a sneak peek for people to kind of get a look and see. It's not always about moving soldiers forward to create violence. You know, guys are still taking educated risks in their own mind. You know, as leaders you always have to do what you think is best for the people that you're leading. You know, otherwise you're not a good leader. And at that time he thought that was the best thing for us. And it was, it would have been the best thing for us to walk away, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, none of us got hurt. Don't get me wrong. But who knows if one of those guys had a gun, if one of us would have got hurt. Right. right? And it could have been de-escalated because it wasn't a situation where those guys were really, really rivals, you know? And, and, you know, it just goes down the line. Even when I had to make, you got to make suggestions and things like that as a, as a leader, you know, when I had them leave the gun behind um, and Gucci's brother got shot, right? I got, I got thrown in the fire for that decision. You know, why would you tell us to leave the gun? Look, man, we got into it. And, and then obviously that carries over into the next incident where we have another situation where we bring guns, plural, and we probably shouldn't have. And it ends up being the worst night of our life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and guys go to prison. And so leaders for all the, the hoopla that surrounds leaders, um, pushing violence and stuff like that. Yeah, that happens, but it's also, it's also a situation where they, they look and see and try to do what's best for guys, you know, mm-hmm. what's best for the guys as a whole. So yeah, I think it's a good point that you bring it up. Yeah. And I, and I think if you probably think about it, you think that gang, the leaders are probably the people pushing the violence, but I'd be willing to bet you that, that in many, many scenarios, and I think this is a great example of that, the leaders are actually the ones saying like, hey, this is probably not the right time to be violent, but right, right. but the herd mentality is to be violent. So then it not always, the leader doesn't always win in Right. I mean, if you can imagine, right, like having an upside down cup with a million ants in it, right? And you're trying to keep these inside the cup. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's kind of what Just, Jay was doing right there. That's exactly what he's trying to he's trying to yeah, he's trying to prevent from happening, man. But you got a bunch of wild, um, just untamed and and you know, people that are looking to just release aggression and, and, and also move their name forward, man. You got to remember like these kind of times are the representative of gang history, right? Like historical events, because this is something that we always talked about, you know, like it was just, I mean, obviously we talked about a bunch of things, but it was like an event where we're like, man, you remember that night at those rain is like, you were doing this and you were doing that. And man, I was with you and man, did you see this dude do that? And it, it brings everybody together. Right. It, it mm-hmm. makes everybody feel as one because everybody was involved. Right. Even the guys that ended up getting X down the line, like Bellone was involved. Goat and Bear were involved, you know, and these guys weren't known for their violence. They weren't known for being involved in these kind of things. So they could share this event with us. Right. Like, they'd be like man, yeah, we did this and we did that. Now, if there was somebody who didn't do nothing. Now he's looked at like not only the king that didn't move, he's probably not going to be around much longer. Like, yeah, everybody was doing everything except for him. He was over there. Like, I don't know what he did. Like, he didn't fight nobody or nothing. These kind of events, man, they become like historical events where everybody talks about it. everybody. Everybody has their own viewpoint and their role. Like, I guarantee you, like all the people that were there that night, I can't even remember. They all have a different viewpoint of how this story went down. Right. You know, um, they have a different idea of what they seen and how it started and who threw the first punch. And, and um, that leads me to a good point right here, man, is that. Listen, my stories are all, they're all representative of what I can envision, envision in my mind and what I seen at that time, right? Now, that doesn't mean that they're 150% accurate, man. You know, um, me and Eric can see a fight from two different angles and have an idea of how it happened. He could see different punches than I did and we can present it in two different ways, but it's the same fight. And that's how, that's how my, my stories are, right? Like I was involved in many, many stories, but I can only give you my viewpoint. You know, there's other Kings that might give you a completely different viewpoint of how that happened, mm-hmm. you know? And so to be fair, even other people outside of the stories, right? They might have a different viewpoint of how it went down when we were shooting at them or whatever the case is. Right. And so it's important to get some perspective on this man, like everybody. Okay. Obviously I have the proclivity the proclivity to, to tell just my, my angle. Right. But that's not, that doesn't mean that there's not another angle. You know, I'm not giving you some certified stamp. This is hundred percent how it happened. Don't think of anything else except no, you know, there's going to be people who can tell you the same story that I'm telling you, but in a different way. Yeah. And maybe they have, a, maybe they even have a little bit better insight. You know, some of these guys, especially for the stories that I wasn't, personally there for you know you got to remember some of the stories i wasn't i was locked up for and i was getting direct information from how it went down and i store that away in my memory but it's not as easy 
to pull out is the ones I was actually there for, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I bring up stories that are from, you know, when I, when I got firsthand knowledge of it and they're of my guys, there might be a point in time where I bring somebody on that can verify that, you know, that was there, you know, my brother's got four years left, man. I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem bringing some things to the table. You know, my toot's going to be getting on at some point. You know, I got a lot of guys, man, that can bring some, some clarity to situations, but also bring a positive message in this whole situation. And that's that you can turn your life away from all this shit and you can end up being something positive. But the only way to do that is to acknowledge what's in front of you. I think with me, Eric, I think about me and my situation and myself as a man, right? And where I'm at, right? And and I'm I'm doing what probably everybody else is doing. I work a nine to five day to day. Um, you know, obviously we 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 you deal with bills and everything and 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 I'm just a normal guy, man. I'm just a normal guy who has a crazy, crazy story to share. My main my main thing is from these stories, from what I'm sharing, can it make an impact? Can somebody listen to it and be like, man, you know what? That dude experienced a lot of shit and he got nothing from it. Why would I wanna why would I wanna walk down that 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 path, you know, that he already did? Yeah, or he experienced a lot of shit that I never want to experience, <laughs> you know. Hundred <clears throat> percent. So, and and I hope that's what we're reaching. You know that we're reaching to people because it is by no means a method. We are not trying to glamorize anything, but and I also think like it's important for people to realize just how normal the people that are, how the people that are doing some of these things are. They're just a different person with a different perspective. And they're whether you believe their perspective is right or wrong, it's just a perspective. And they're not they're not monsters because of it. It's just because they might see something differently than you. Right. And in many instances, the incorrect way. I also think, man, like uh, what we're doing is obviously it's it's a privilege to me to be able to to be able to use my story uh, that could that could potentially be used as something positive first of all right and so that's why the conversation always goes from switches from story to message because i want the viewers to be you know be able to be in the story understand the story and then also understand the message right because really what this is eric is just me and you bullshitting and talking Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving you information about my life. I'm, you know, you probably know a lot more about me than, than some of the Kings I was around at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, this is just us talking and, and, and I'm kind of sharing some stories with you and everybody else is just involved. You know, there are flies on the wall. I hope that those flies can, can get some of the good messages that we're sharing aside from the stories, you know? And yeah, I think about like, I want to reach out and, and try to do my best to, to help you know, with, with, uh, with some of the places like the UCC United community center, um, where I used to play, I used to play flag football. Like, I just think about like that, like how, how could somebody help and and make sure that, you know, they still have those kind of programs for kids and, and, and things like that, man. So I, I think what we share here, it, it at least gives somebody the, the light bulb, you know, to damn, where can I, where can I, where's my place to help? You know, and I've gotten emails, I've gotten um, messages, direct messages, DMs. I don't know how, you know, somebody slid in my DMs, right? <laughs> and so and so I've gotten direct messages that it is reaching people and reaching, you know, it's got length, right? And so those people will be coming on to to share how they feel about this this podcast, but more importantly, what message they can bring. The guys can look forward to that. Everybody who listens, they can they can look forward to having some of that. And as always, man, you know you already know I love I love getting comments, whether negative or positive. You know, reviews are great. Following the show, all the support that you can give is great. You know, getting on our Patreon page and being a part of our community, all those things are great. I just feel like, you know, as time goes on, I think these bridges will continue to build. And we can actually reach out a little bit and and create more and more help, man. Just from a small, nothing, nobody podcast to to maybe something huge where we're actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, now to be fair, we are creating a difference now. 
the oh, people we are. That, are, yeah, we are. <laughs> that are listening to this podcast are getting value. So it's creating a difference, but yeah, definitely. And, and, um, I've seen with other podcasts, just the amount of doors that are going to probably going to going to open up over the next year, year and a half from doing this podcast. So I, I assume that everybody has a lot to look forward to because as more and more people discover this podcast, it's going to get us connected to more and more people that are going to have a story to tell or have some way that they can contribute to adding to the story that we're creating here. So yeah, we just really hope everybody hangs around to see it all. Yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And, um, you know, with that, I also just want to let everybody know how important it is, man, just to do your best, man, to, to, whenever you have free time, if you can leave a review or if you can, if you can just, you know, send, send an episode to somebody who's never heard it, um, just try to spread the show, man, try to spread the message. I think the statistic is that up to 60 or 70% of your listeners um, for whatever episode, they're not subscribed to your show. And so, you know, it's important, man, the more subscriptions we get, the bigger the show gets, um, obviously the more we can do, you know, we're, me and Eric, we're, 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 we're on a budget right now. You know, we got our own, we got good quality, uh, stuff as far as microphones, but obviously, you know, the bigger we get, the more, the more technology we get, the better our show can be, you know, produced and, and all those things come along with it. So it just, it's great for you guys to support us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. As do I. And I think our, do you got anything else, Berto, or are we wrapping this episode up? No, yeah, we can wrap this up. We can wrap it up. Uh, I like the idea of leaving them on a cliffhanger, so we won't really expose what we're going to do next. But uh, definitely, man, like I said, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the support. I hope you guys love the, the, the message and the stories. And if you got any recommendations, shoot them my way. I appreciate it. Yeah. And if you got a different perspective to any of our stories, please reach out to us because we are happy to have as many perspectives as we can on this podcast. So as long as you're coming from a positive message, if you don't have a positive message to tell, then it doesn't really work in our world. But but definitely reach out to us. That email address is normalizedcrime at gmail.com. And we will be back next week with the next episode. And oh, and if you haven't already, uh, check out the link inside your show notes. That goes to the Patreon. Check out the tiers of the Patreon. Get signed up for that so you can get the bonus content as well as the other things that are provided in there. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.